Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to All About Guitar with Jeff Loro, only on LA Talk Radio. instrument it has developed into an incredible voice in today's music so many types of guitars so many styles of playing all sorts of gear how does one make their voice be heard as a guitarist my name is Jeff Floro and welcome to all about guitar where we talk tone, we talk technique, we talk gear. Where we discover how we can become better musicians in a world of constantly changing technologies. Where we take a good look at everything guitar. And sometimes not exactly guitar, but just as important. So we can be more successful as a musician in today's music scene. So sit back and relax, and let's explore All About Guitar. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to All About Guitar. As you can see, we have a full house tonight. I'm really excited about the show because it's a real hardcore gear show with some of my hardcore friends. And uh, we're going to take a look today at uh, Line 6. My guest right next to me here, Eric Klein from Line 6, is here to talk about this uh, pedal that it came out within about a year ago, right? Or is it? Uh, it was October of last year. October of last. So it's fairly new, called the HX Stomp. Um, I've had several other uh, guests that have been on the show um, that have uh, been talking about the Helix, that have used the Helix a lot. In fact, uh, one of... Um, JP's co-guitarist Jim Stubblefield was using a Helix too, but they've been raving about this HX Stomp. And JP had called me up and said, "You got to, you got to look at this dude. It's just incredible." So um, let me uh, get the uh, introductions out so everybody knows everybody here hanging out with us. Uh, and he brought his Kemper, and we're going to take a look at the differences between the Kemper and the Line Six. Jeffrey Marshall, who's been on before, and he's in Bleeding Heart, but he's been we've had him on. And amazing guitar player, and uh, I don't know where that exotic Strat is, but I'm I want it. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, welcome, JP. Uh, I've known for years, and uh, from Incendio and Carbay and Durand, and uh, welcome. Thank you for putting this together because he basically did. We got some interesting stuff to show you. Also hanging with us tonight, Andrea Lisa. You saw her a couple of weeks ago. She's here, and she was. Uh, digging the guitar she was playing the guitars before the show and hidden off camera you can't see him he's in the corner but here he can stare you can feel him you can feel him as doug doug moore uh who's come by he's been a big blessing helping me with stuff and and a bass player and i want to mention just briefly a little bit too because he was interested in the the fact there's a lot of uh amp models in there that for bassists oh yeah yeah so we want to talk about that now so that's basically it's going on. Before we start talking about this, can you lift 
this pedal board up a little bit so you can see the actual HX stomp. And JP has it put on his pedal board. And I want him to explain a little bit how he has this set up because this is his live setup now that he uses for Incendio for both. And he has both his acoustic and electric guitars here. So JP, tell us a little bit what you're doing and why is it patched that way? So the backstory is, uh, the, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, uh, both Jim Stubblefield and uh, other guys, Eric Hans and, and Dan Sistos. Even Luis Villegas has played a little bit with this. We're uh, all, a lot of us play Spanish guitar professionally, with, uh, more on the rumba flamenco side. And it's always a struggle to get a, a, a great tone, find a good pickup combination, find a preamp. We've used other great products in the past. Um, but I was up to the point where I was just taking tons of stuff to gigs, like too much. Um, and wanted to find something compact, and, and everybody had been talking about the Helix a lot. And then this came out, and it's like, okay, this has got this is a pretty powerful uh, unit. Now, uh, I guess just to jump ahead and, and, and why I'm doing this, the Helix has, uh, excuse me, the HX Stomp has the opportunity to put in different inputs to have a, a one guitar going in one place and another guitar going in through the send return, the low impedance uh, input. Uh, the reason I'm not using that is because this, the HX Stomp, like other units, it takes a little while for the tuner to turn on, which is just fine. That's the way Jim uses it. But in my case, um, I do a lot of guitar synthesis as well. So I needed something where the tuner would come off, just right off. You know, I couldn't keep my foot on this and then jump over to turn that on. So I have that. As a result, I also have a um, channel selector to, to go through it. Uh, pretty minor uh, additions to stuff that, if you were not using it in a complicated mode as I am, you would be fine to use this as standalone. And Jim has been using it standalone uh, in shows, and it's it's an so amazing. So he's, he's using it without the preamps and all the other stuff. The, yeah, he's he and 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 Dan Sisto's kind of been commiserating on on how to use these units as cleanly and small as possible in in the same context we are, which is like we want to incorporate more electric guitar. So uh, Dan and Jim both they come in they use a pickup and a sensor like almost a mic they use the two inputs here on the side and then the electric guitar comes in here and that's how they've been utilizing the unit and it's been a home run so far for both of them from what i understand mm -hmm. very cool so uh well let's talk a little bit um about the whole helix line and eric what i want you to talk about because i was looking online mm -hmm. and it was difficult to see you can there are comparisons of what you know, like the Helix with the LT and the Helix or, or the HX and the uh, and the HX Stomp. I just want to get a broad overview of what you see, the, the differences of the different units, and then what you would recommend in terms of why you'd want the HX. Like, okay, we get an idea of what why he wants the HX Stomp mm -hmm. over the the main main helix it's a lot smaller and compact the the helix is a good it's bigger than that pedal board helix is big yeah. yeah yeah so but let's go through a little bit of the features of the different ones so we get an idea of the all of the what line six is offering so and they can see what the differences are processing power the whole shot sure uh so helix is the flagship floor modeler uh it came out first it was uh june of 2015 um just a couple months later it was uh, it was followed by Helix Rack, which is a three rack unit uh, version uh, with a floorboard called Helix Control. Uh, sonically, conceptually, I/O, they're virtually identical. 
Uh, just depends on whether you want an all-in-one solution or if you want to rack over, you know, off stage or behind you or in a in a studio with a remote control, which is what I use in my studio where I have Helix in a rack uh, in my studio desk, and then I have the Helix control actually sitting on a keyboard, and I can use the CapSense switches to jump and edit things without having to go over to my rack. So I use it like a tactile control along with the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the software editor. And the rack has a couple extra inputs in, in the back. Other than that, they're identical. Um, uh, we, knew, we knew $1,500 was going to be a, a tough nut to crack for a lot of musicians. And we knew we wanted to do a less expensive version as well. But we wanted to make sure Helix was resonating with people before we decided, well, let's just flood the market with more products. <laughs> so as soon as we knew, okay, wow, this Helix thing is is a much bigger hit than we anticipated. Let's all, you know, full speed on Helix LT, which is uh, virtually identical as well. It doesn't have the little scribble strip displays above every foot switch. Um, it's bent sheet metal as opposed to extruded aluminum, which is very expensive. It doesn't have quite as many ins and outs in the back. But sonically, they're exactly the same. Processing power, they're exactly the same. Um, it, it, but it's two thirds the price, so it's nine ninety, so it's a thousand bucks. And and we we understood that the presets, because everybody's going to have a, a different helix, they're going to have a helix floor or a rack or a, or an or an LT. We wanted people to be able to share those presets back and forth. But a lot of us come from the studio where. We don't want to have things plugged in all the time, so we have the software called Helix Native, which is a VST audio unit and AAX plugin that can work in your recording software, Pro Tools, Logic, Cubase, uh, any of these, and it's a full Helix engine that runs in your computer. And we do crazy discounts. If you happen to be a member of, if you happen to own any Helix product, you get the plugin super cheap, that sort of thing. Um, What's the plugin list for? Uh, the plugin is three ninety nine by itself. It's <laughs> cheap. If you happen to own any of the Helix hardware products, it's ninety nine bucks, because the presets can go back and forth however you want. That's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get. I'll get oh you guys. Gosh. I'll get you an NFR. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, because we, we know uh, get a guitar rig user and uh, uh, bias used a bunch of them, the waves. So this. I've so been so busy with this. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, so so I don't actually use... I mean, I have Helix Rack in my studio, and I use it as a front end for my guitar because the buffer and the impedance circuit and all of that sounds great. It's correct, Just yes. for record... It's proper. So so it with the Helix Native plugin is is the ideal signal path that, that we've designed it for. Um, but I use the plugin. That's what I use 99% of the time because I can run 20 of them on my... 2010 Mac Pro, so I can run them on drum buses and vocal tracks and keyboard tracks and the eight guitar things that are stacked on top of each other and bass and and that sort of thing. So the advantage of the plugin is you don't have to have the hardware hooked up all the time. And even though Helix and HX Stomp allow you to route your your signal from your computer through the hardware and back in over USB, we call that reamping. If you're familiar with that mm-hmm. terminal. It's a pain because it happens in real time. So if you have eight guitar tracks, you're like, oh, I, I wish I had a little bit more gain on the Mesa model. Let me turn it up. Okay, now I have to track it all the way through it and wait my four-minute song. All right, go back. Let's do the next track. And it, it takes you all day just to reamp all of your guitar tracks. Now it's you open up the plug-in, turn a knob, done. 
because the DSP is then in your computer. So that's the advantage well, there. Yeah, the other cool thing I think would be you can sit there in your studio with the, the software and tweak it and tweak it and you then you can just dump those patches into your box. Yep. And then... Absolutely. That's a huge, huge deal because when you're when you're on the road and you're writing songs and you're in the tour bus or you're in the van or you're in a hotel room or you're, you're in somebody's den that you're crashing in, you're writing a song, like that's really cool. Everybody brings their laptops with them now. So, and they're always recording songs on the road and as soon as they get back from the road, they hit the studio. And then what normally happens, you get into the studio and now you have to rebuild and try to figure out how you did all of those sounds when you were practicing them and, at sound check. Now you don't do anything. You're like, oh, well, I made the sounds in the hardware. I Now I just load them straight into the plugin, and they magically appear, and they're ready for the record. So then when you're tweaking them for the record, and you're, t you're, you're fixing them in the mix, and you're getting those tones perfect in the plugin, then when you're ready to go on tour for that record, you just pour them right over. Yeah. So, I mean, this is L.A., so, and there are people who, who will spend thousands of dollars and weeks hiring guitar techs to go in and say, please figure out how to get these tones that we made on our record with all these boutique pedals and 8 million amps. How do we get this to translate live? And they'll go, okay, well, we'll figure it out, and I'll build you a pedal board, and I'll get this modeler, and I'll do all this sort of stuff. And now that process is now 30 seconds long. There, there's something I have to mention in pursuant to all this. Cause I'm going to jump ahead, but we're going to come back. Uh, part of the thing I love, and you, we're, we're I, jumping ahead, uh, there's so many no, like features that I think for you guys are no-brainer that are so obvious and important, and the way the architecture reflects them here, the onboard gate and, and setting that, and that it's a block that doesn't uh, take up some of your DSP or is already kind of a – it's not one of the six blocks that you can use. Um, uh, uh, something else that you mentioned there are all these little super oh the impedance the auto impedance matching and then the fact that, that, that you can select it on the main channel all the things we'll come back to a little bit it's just a little tip of the iceberg to express to you all how much power is even in just this HX stomp to be able to do super important cool stuff oh, that's yep. yeah that the impedance what you're saying like, it's, oh, it, wow. well it's obvious that the ergonomics of the of the device and just reading the last couple of days, just going online, looking at the manuals, it's designed logically. It's not something that's just, you know, some guy just, you know, it's, it's his idea. It's designed specifically to be user friendly. And that, that is to me, and the way you have it set up with the software, the editor, all of the different people we'll take a look at the editor in a little bit. It's really it's hand, it's it's effective because musicians don't have the time they're on the road they're playing as you said they they want to get that sound fast and and you know they'll when, there are times when they'll sit and tweak but for the most part and especially live you got to be able to get a certain sound and JP was telling me how he was developing what he needed for it for his show and um I think that's that's important now does the HX stomp have the same DSP power as the Helix, or is it scaled down? It has half. Half. So, okay. so Helix, Helix Rack, and Helix LT um, have two uh, two uh, analog device Shark DSPs built in, and then they have two MCUs that kind of shuttle around and take care of graphics and take care of audio routing, USB audio, that sort of thing. HX Stomp and um, and HX Effects, which are the pedal board versions, have half that, so they have one Shark DSP. Um, but uh, sonically, the models, the effects, 
um, the amps, um, aside from HXFX, which doesn't have amp models by design, uh, they're virtually identical. In fact, that was the, the number one goal for HX Stomp was it must sound exactly the same as if somebody made a six-block preset in Helix. So if it sounds exactly the same, we did A-B tests and null tests with you know reversing the phase on one to make sure that every single model is exactly the same, which means we needed the same op-amp, same A to D converters, same clocking, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but then trying to fit that into something the size of of what it's in. Um, That's pretty small. Yeah. It, it, we, it, it was four months of doing nothing but making it smaller. And then we would run through the tests and we're like, nope, it, there's a little bit more noise than the big guy. Like, yeah, but it's 600 bucks. It's way cheaper. It's like, doesn't matter. still has to sound exactly the same. And they went in and they started tweaking things. Then it got too big. I'm like, nope, it's got to get back smaller. So um, they worked. the team worked really, really hard. And... Um, and now it's on pedal boards. That was that was the big thing too. So, um, I'm I've been a modeler guy since '99. So I mean I've been in the box do using amp modeling software as my primary source for my own like production. Amp farm. That amp farm exactly. So I was amp farm '99. That's when I got into it, and I had a rack mount pod, and I just got rid of it because I was just using the software. Like this is great. Um, so, so it comes naturally to me. So when I'm playing guitar, I'm hearing guitar through studio monitors, and that totally makes sense to me. Um, so it, it was it was a natural progression. So like I know how modelers work. Let's make really great modelers. The problem is is that modeler guys, people who embrace amp modelers and effects modelers, are a very small portion of the market. <laughs> We're very weird and tweaky, and we argue online, and we have debates, and. And none of it matters if we're only talking to 10, 15% of guitarists. I've seen some of that. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we are, yeah. So, so HX Effects and, uh, and HX Stomp were really designed specifically to scratch the itch for, of amp and pedalboard players. Because we don't want people to get rid of their amps. We don't want people to get rid of their pedalboards. We want to be a part of that world. We want to enhance it. Yeah. And uh, and I have my favorite amps that I still keep that I still track on occasion because it's fun because it's a different experience. And I have my favorite pedals that I plug into, and I don't want to lose that experience. But I don't want to I don't want to have to switch my brain from modeling mode to amp and pedal board mode either. And I wouldn't expect our customers to do that. But it's interesting how it changed. Like for example, Jeffrey had you've been touring on and off with Alan Parsons, and he's bringing his little lunchbox. Uh, Kemper, and because he can't take big amps, the budget isn't there yeah. anymore. He has to get backline, or at least in his case, just speakers, which yeah. is easier. You just yeah. get a four by twelve, and you're good to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I honestly uh, don't even really need it technically because we're doing all ears. You know, I just feel comfortable having it in the case of I'm not in the mix or whatever. Or so they don't wrong. even I'm, even mic anything on stage. No, I have. I, it is running through a cabinet. It's real low. Like you can't even hardly hear it. But it's just there for me to be able to go. Okay, I'm not digging this mix, so I want to just rock my cabinet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's more of just peace of mind, which I have yet to do. So that's so, a new yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole, and that's their main gig. He doesn't have the option to have amps and. You know, he has to have a small setup that he can fly with, that he can put up in a, in a overhead, and still be able to to you know get all the things. And and Incendio's music's complex. 
it's not easy to it's got a lot of sounds I would say you know we did I did some research beforehand as I said my friends were already familiar with the unit and Jeffrey has done some shows with Carvader and with something Jim with Incendio where he used the Kemper so I was familiar with somebody using both and so the idea was like what can this do and before I bought it, everybody was talking about the six blocks. And it was it's, it is really funny to watch, to listen to guitarists online talk about this stuff. Because basically the bottom line is, six blocks, that's not enough. Can't there be more DSP power? And then people are very patiently explaining, if that's not enough, get the Helix. You know, it's, pre- it's pretty, it's, it's a kind of an obvious thing. If you are a person that is used to uh, cutting, your, doing your cab in stereo, and we're going to put this speaker on this side and run the chorus over here, and we're going to maybe uh, take an even tight harmonizer and take it off a couple, and you totally sit, then you're going to look at a Helix. That's got the processing power. Uh, Jeff will understand, and I feel you're maybe a little bit this way too, it's about the amp. It's about the amp, and it's about the speaker, and Jeffrey as well. It's like if you can't get that fundamental thing right, it's not going to work. And for me, I'm used to Mesa Boogie or Marshall or something like that, that fundamental block has got to work. So how does this work with the amp-cab combination or with the amp and an IR and virtually nothing in front of it? I want to hear what this thing can do purely as, as right. for hard rock tones. And that is where it, it shines in many places, but it has to do that. And I was like, wow, it does it. Now you add the functionality of having the studio preamp, which very smart. But it's like, makes sense, right? If you're going to run an acoustic instrument through it, uh, you're, now you're getting into game-changing time. Because this is the size of, what, two-and-a-half boss, t- boss tuners? Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got an electric and an acoustic rig right here, and I'm just running the ex- extra stuff just because I have to control the synthesizer, you know, and I need this. Otherwise, you're just talking about this. And when, it, it is independent, you know, touring bands and all that kind of th- uh, stuff. It costs money to be on the road. And I could pay for a card and amp. I could pay to do all those things. Or I could keep it smaller and dedicate that money to put on a good show or gas to make it to the you know, the next place or you know, a, a decent hotel so we can all get a good night's sleep. All those things factor in, and this helps. Yeah, yeah. Helps. Well, and it's fast. That's you can set it up. Boom. It's it's backed up. You have you, you can just load it right there from your laptop. It's it's all set up. It's 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 a good design. Now. Let's go ahead and, and play. Now, you have your acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at your setup. Now, he's got it basically like a two-channel mono setup. So this is – let me get all the guitars on. Um, so he's basically now using the acoustic. So explain your signal chain. So I'm, uh, I've got a Maldonado guitar here with an RMC pickup with LR Bags pull pieces. It's a sound I really like. It's a little bit more of the body. And so that's been a, a sound that I'm used to hearing, uh, trying to reproduce. I don't use the sensor uh, like Jim does, which is like a little microphone thing. So I'm just mono going in. And when I went here uh, to this, I, uh, I started with the Studio 2 Pre, which for anybody running acoustic guitars to this thing, unless you're going to process it, put it through an amp, whatever, if you want a clean signal path, this is the place to start, right? Studio Right. Uh, you could bypass it completely. That yeah. that's a model of a requisite Y7, which yes. has a little bit of grit to it, and mm-hmm. it's that. And, and that's the other thing is like you can go uh, for natural sound, but like what we've been doing for ages, it's this acoustic is not a natural sound. Any piezo is not a natural sound. You're going to need something that is really nice, but cuts through the mix a little bit. And so that's why this seems to work so well in comparison to what I used to use. 
So then I've got a uh, little gain uh, action here for the, for the solo. I've got a vintage digital lay. And one thing I picked up from uh, Jim and Dan Sistos is to run two reverbs. Ganymede and Glitz are on here. Uh, pulled back a little bit. They're both not huge, but they seem to work complementarily. And so that's kind of important. Uh, and I'm going in, we're going into one input, but all of the acoustic, so I'm only running mono. Uh, I run all the mono stuff out of left side, all the mono acoustic, and all the mono electric out of right. And so then I have a, a sound I'm really happy with. It's two channels. It's easy. You just give it to the guy and you're done. Yeah. Which is super important when you get somewhere. Two channels. Yeah, and you're done. he needs to be able, you can set up fast. It's really, yeah. it's so, really cool. So go so, ahead and play a little bit. That's just that's with the uh, the you know and then I usually let me. You know I, I'll tend to do a little rhythm. Then I uh, set something up here to go over to instead of having um, uh, delay, I have. Uh, So those are my two basic acoustic sounds, both with, you know, the gain on them. So when I need to solo and go. So that's my bank for live. It could certainly be expanded from here as we do other uh, uh, songs. How many blocks are you using? On um, both of on, um, I'm using, I think six on both of them. Let me see. Yeah, six on both. Uh, in the main one, it is the Studio Pre. The uh, jump in the game for the lead, the vintage digital uh, reverb, uh, the Ganymede and Glitz, and then a parametric EQ uh, to, to do some uh, some different cutoffs and some different things. So usually we're rolling off everything under about 100 and 140, and you think, wow, that's pretty extreme. But the, the Spanish guitar doesn't, through a pickup, won't have that much there, and it will tend to feedback. Uh, and if you want just a good standardized sound, sometimes I do a little bump. Yeah, you remember he's he's putting it through a sound system, and he's got a cut, and it's it's loud. It's yeah. it's louder than like a classical concert or something like the, that. The rest of it is relatively flat. With the electrics, will roll off quite a bit more, and that's something you uh, uh, Jeffrey well, had go ahead and, to me and so. pull out the electric. Let's take a look okay. at that. And uh, while he's talking about that, now Jeffrey brought his Kemper. What I wanted you, Eric, to explain is the difference. There is a difference in how they're how they're making their sounds, and you were explaining a little bit before the show. How is the, how is the Kemper sound? You were explaining a little bit how Kemper makes how they do their modeling as opposed to Line Six. Well, it, it's it's not technically modeling at all. It's it's what they call profiling, which is a, a different type of technology where. They'll they'll take a sonic snapshot of a static, uh, of an amp and cab combination at a certain setting, and then you can save that as a profile. Uh, and it's almost like us if if you if anybody's familiar with samplers versus synthesizers, it's like a sample of a Moog, but it's a really great Moog, and you may never have actually played that Moog or seen one in your life, but you can down, now download a sample of it. Um, versus uh, what what modeling does is 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 we go in and 
mathematically replicate every tiny component in that amp. So then the end result is you can turn the knob and it behaves exactly like that amp at every setting, but you're stuck with that particular amp. You can't have your buddy shoot his amp and make a model of it and send it and have it work in Helix because it's not a sample of that amp. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about four man weeks to go in and measure stuff and getting everything in and doing critical listening tests and that sort of stuff. Well, the interesting thing, and, and I'm going to need you to answer this, but I'm going to ask this because you've been working with the Kemper a lot. You get a, you get a model of a, or a sample, well, I can call it that. Let's say I have a blackface twin, rever- twin reverb. And when we, we had Kemper on before, and we actually did a sample of one of my Fender amps, and it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it, and it was basically a clean sound. What amazed me with the Kemper is when you turned it up, it dirtied up like the amp. How does that? I don't understand how they could do so, that. So I'm probably doing Kemper a disservice by saying sample, but it, it is really, really remarkable it's an technology. Analogy. It's really remarkable technology. It's uh, it's just very different from the way Fractal and, right. and Roland and Line 6 have done but it. But so. it, in your case where you're modeling mm-hmm. it, how do you because there's a big difference between like let's say let's just use the example of a fender twin twin fender t- twin clean and a fender twin dirty are a different they're <laughs> big mm-hmm. it's a big sound i mean even marshall can be it's clean sounds a little different though it has a certain type of texture that seems a little more consistent but i notice like you know you get that glassy eric johnson type of sound and then you get this fully blown dirt sound you know how does that work? I mean, what do you do? Is it, I mean, it's amazing. I'm not asking you specifically. So, so I, I, there's so during the the profiling process when you're creating a Kemper profile, you have the amp in the room with you. So you have the cabinet with the real wood and the real drivers. So when you do that A/B listening test, you're A/Bing it against the actual playback system. Whereas when you listen to a model out of context. You're hearing it through headphones, or you're hearing it through a PA, plastic PA speaker or studio monitors. So the experience is very, very different. So, so in in our studio, and we will bring in engineers because we want to make sure we're constantly checking ourselves, and we'll bring in these guitar recording gurus, and we'll say, "Hey, how does this sound?" Like I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Bull from 65 Amps. Oh yeah, yeah. He's one of the world's renowned experts on AC30 circuits, and he builds them. And, you know, he, he could write a book on, I think he has written a book on AC30s. But um, so he'll come in and, and he'll go, yeah, that's dead on. Or, hey, let's go in and tweak a couple coefficients and, and it'll be completely dead on because we're using the exact same playback system and the exact same speakers. And we're just A being between the real preamp and the modeled preamp. So so with, co- with the proper context, they're all they're both dead on it's just it's hard to plug in a pair of headphones and say yeah it doesn't sound like a tweet because it doesn't because half of the feel and half of the behavior you get is from the actual cabinet which you can't get with headphones with any type of technology because that's just physics that's well when you're moving air especially exactly, when exactly. you're using uh multiple mics mm-hmm. uh there the, there's physics involved absolutely just, it's physics you're moving air well, let's go ahead and take let's take a listen to the electric guitar, and then I want to we'll have Jeffrey come on and we'll compare with the Kemper because they're they're pretty amazing. Both of them are pretty amazing. So this is something I had set up for the Les Paul. I'm using it with single coils right now, but this is a, um, a California. This is a, a 
Am I, am I allowed to say that? Boogie? Uh, yeah, it's a boogie. Type <laughs> Cali 4 lead. Uh, without the delay on. <laughs> Uh, here's the back. So that's that's that. Uh, Les Paul sound. Okay. And I have a couple of other things to play for you, but I, but I thought it would be kind of cool to. Well, you have the Les Paul setting. We, when you guys were warming up, it was go ahead and play your setting here. Now, this is the Kemper, and you'll hear it a little bit on the uh, right side. Are you using on that's that? A, a Morgan? Oh, it's a Morgan. Oh, so okay. it's like an AC thirty. I did want to mention that we we did not have the time. We wanted to. I want to take the time to set up. He also uses a train wreck from time to time. And there's a derailed Ingrid on here mm-hmm. that I love, and we just didn't have the time to set them up so that we could A B them. But uh, based on what we've heard as we were jamming before, there's real parity, which is particularly interesting given that they are. Really, two different systems. Well, the you know, two, two different systems way approach, different approach. But um, but what you're going to find is it, like two of the same amp with within a couple serial numbers of each other. A lot of times, sound radically different depending on particularly train wrecks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so it's 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 impossible to actually nail two different models. And, and you know when when we go in, we have a, a temperature controlled room that we keep our amps in and. We'll pull them out and I'm like, oh yeah, we have to have somebody take a look at this again because it's been in there for the last two years. Yep, let's go and fix it up and yeah. Now, now the, 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 there's an interesting thing I want. I'm just going to take a, just a minute to because this I did try to set up. I tried to set it very quickly, but um, there had been all this talk about uh, there's talk about IRs, mm-hmm. impulse responses, which are speaker cabinets. And there's also a lot of talk online because people are talking online. Well, I just want to use the amp and the cab combination, which takes up one block. Very important thing to know about this, that if you want to conserve blocks, you're probably going to go with an amp and cab combination mm-hmm. so you have more slots for chorus and modulations, delays, those kind of things. If you are somebody like me or what is all, all of us in here, that you've kind of heard IRs might make a difference. It's, it's, it can, it can, I, IRs are a much wider variety of 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 cabs. So, it, going back to the sampler analogy, if if you buy a sampler that happens to have a thousand really good sounds in it, but you're really hardcore about trumpet samples, you're going to go and you're going <laughs> to download or buy the ultimate trumpet library. And so that's why that's why IRs are generally considered better, mainly because of quantity. Because you can pick exactly the amp and vendor and mic and combination of whatever you want, which is again why we included IRs because it's a lot of a lot of um, ridiculous flexibility at that point. Yeah, it is. And to that end, another interesting thing that a lot of people said online, because that's where you go to kind of do your research, is that yeah, man, I put the uh, the LA Studio compressor on the end of every chain just to kind of smooth things out. I love Steve Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. and a couple of. I don't like compression. 
I don't even like it on acoustic guitars. I, li I like it mixing and stuff, but for an amp, I love Adrian Ballou. I don't sound like and don't want to sound like Adrian Ballou. That, that to me is a very strong compressed signal. So what I did was like, how, I love Stevie Ray. That's a bunch of amps, but if you go back earlier, it's like super reverb, it's mm -hmm. twin. How do you get that? So this is as, as close as I can get now. What I did was I set up uh, three instances of a, I believe it's a vibrant, let me see what it was, a US double vibe. What is that? That's the it's a Fender. It's a yeah. It's a it's Fender Twin. The Fender Twin. Okay. The, the vibe. The uh, yeah. The vibe channel. And the interesting thing too is people like really blown out uh, tones or metal tones or whatever. I like. In addition to the other things, I like bluesy tones, like middle tones, like Buddy Guy, like early Buddy Guy, that kind of stuff, where it's just like an amp going through. And that's not people's cup of tea. But I did find some interesting differences going between this. So this is the that same thing, just the amp and the cab. For uh, of the standard uh, uh, HX stomp. Really cool, really nice. Here is the same amp with an Ownhammer uh, CTS. It's it's their it's their Super Reverb package with an Alnico. It's a mix because we, we were talking about this having two twelves. So this is a ceramic and an Alnico from a uh, or a, this uh, from a Super Reverb. So. Big Night difference, day. which day. is which is not to say that you could not also dial that in with the HX because sure. everybody's going to be emphasizing different mm -hmm. mid different things like that. But if you want an instantaneous change, like that's pretty cool. Now here, everybody or good thing in the online world, a lot of people were talking about, and and Dan and Eric Hansen also worked on this, is uh, the own hammer. Uh, the their GNR, not Guns N' Roses, greatly neutrally reduced, greatly, I, I'm going to screw it up. But it's it's one particular uh, cab, like a boutique, oh, it's an old basket. We have a 71 mm -hmm. pre-rolla or a copy of a pre-rolla, um, which is awesome. That's what I've ended up using mo on most of the stuff. And that, this is this. Okay, back to the, back to the, here's uh, the HX. What cab was um, that? CTS. That's that's the HX. Which, that's, which, that's that's which, the, that's which the cab in the HX. Uh, it's what it's the one that goes with the, the, the cab. stock one. Yeah. The stock one. Yeah. And that was CTS. And now here's the uh, the uh, Omen pre roller. What I have found with that particular speaker, they have so many images. It's mm -hmm. true, right? The, um. It's got a little mid-range push to it, and the complexity in the low mids is really, really cool. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find another version of something I did here. Yeah, uh, this is the boogie. I don't have something to compare it to, but let's see if you can hear it. He's here, bumping on the if, low if, end. It, 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 yeah, you hit the thing, and then the low end comes in. It does it specifically with that mid-boosted speaker, and I'm like, oh. It's so nice. I, I wish I had the other one to do it. Some of the things got wiped out here because I don't know how to use the unit quite that well yet. <laughs> but I was like, oh man, you know. Uh... I mean, the, the difference is. Sound a chord and hold it for a minute. Um... There's the bump. Goes up and it rises. I was like, 
Oh, okay. Now but the bump comes from the amp model, not the cab, because the cab has no dynamic right. it's, response it's, it's over re time. It's reading. Correct. It's doing a different Correct. reading of what the amp is actually doing. Correct. Yeah. It's it's apply it's applying a very complex EQ yeah. curve to it. But it's quite effective, and, and mm -hmm. that, that tone sounds nice. With that guitar, yep. it yeah. gets that sound. Well, and with Les Paul, it's just, oh, my gosh. Now, tr uh, both of you guys, just uh, that sound that you guys were playing that you had that was similar, just play together just a little bit so they can hear how it blends well. This is I'm just got them panned a little bit to the right, but it blends well and it works really well. So the tones, which I think too is your ear, you guys tweaking it to get that sound. It yeah. it would be like if you were using the amps, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons. But it's interesting how they they're both they totally different approaches, like you were saying, but they get that sound. Though I have to admit, IRs of the speakers, it just opens it up. It makes, a, it makes a real difference, which is not to say, and that's the thing that's important to say, too. If you tweak with the HX and you tweak the amp and cab settings, you could maybe be able to generate some of the stuff. But it is interesting that you can get that and just go pop it in and go, oh, okay. You're going to lose a block. Yeah, but, but, I, but, it's, and, but most guitar players just want it now. Right. Okay, well, I'll use the block. I want that sound. Well, and that's the other thing, too. If you're going to go for heavier tones, when you begin to look at those things, there are other IRs that are... You know, orange cabinets or or uh, or you know other kind of more metal based that are designed to throw the yeah. sound that way are going to react in a similar and, way. And there'll be and there'll be combination of mics run into combinations of mic pre's and and then know. combinations of speakers because yeah. uh, they offer that too. And Celestian has IRs and red yeah. wires. And so the impulse response is basically only speakers right now. Is that going to expand? Well, it's, a, it's a combination of speakers and it's it, it's a it's a combination of whatever happens after the cabinet so it's the well it, it's the what it's what the mic picks up in the room uh the location the axis versus the right. or the actual driver the cable the mic preamp the a to d converter all of that gets captured as one big impulse and then that's it's effectively just a really complex eq curve that's really all an ir is um and and, and when you go through an IR library, you can just scroll through tons and tons and tons and tons, especially if you have a looper and you've played a little riff so you don't you can focus on listening instead of having to play the same thing. Right, right. Like, oh, that's the IR that sounds perfect with this tone. Yeah. Yep. Now, is there IRs for, does, uh, have you seen IRs for, like, uh, JBLD series? and I, uh, I haven't seen them. I've looked around. I knew that's what you would look for. I, I haven't seen that yet. I was looking for Tone Tubby. The Hempcone speakers, and I can only find one in a producer pack from a while ago. I know yeah. those are going to have uh, uh, different impacts, um, but I'm sure as time goes on, more and more people are going to. And a lot of people make their own 
Yeah, well, no, I, I, I can see that because there is, you know, that's another thing. Uh, besides Celest- Celestians, basically the the everybody that's pretty much everybody's using that. Maybe Eminence is the other one because there's not much left anymore. Altex, but I remember using Altex in studios and JBLs, and they're amazing. I am a big Pete Thorne fan, and he has a Celestium. Mm-hmm. He puts together some beautiful uh, tones, and he's using all Celestian stuff. I think. Uh, uh, people have generally taught, you know, it's like, is this more mix ready? Is the, are there too many options? You know, everybody's got their thing of, of uh, what might work for them. And uh, you can get IRs of op amps and transistors and transformers and yeah. don't, don't don't tell us megaphones, that. <laughs> don't, don't megaphones, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Down, I, I, further down the rabbit hole. Oh I dear. have a question. Since I have the man here, because mm-hmm. I've been looking at these, because uh, although I, I'm very happy with the sound of this. I have a big road case that I carry around mm-hmm. and I fly with it and it's getting to be a pain in the butt. And it's also getting beat up as a result. So I was thinking, and I originally got this for home recording anyway. You know what I mean? I wasn't really planning on doing road stuff with it. That mm-hmm. just evolved. But I saw a video where a guy used this just as an effect. Like he had his regular pedal board and he used all the delays and stuff like that. Absolutely. And he ran it to his amp. He mm-hmm. ran it into the front of his amp like a clean amp, and then he also ran it in an effects loop, and then he also ran it as a modeler. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really appealing because, like, I could just have it on my pedal board all the time, right? I could, if I'm running a, a regular amp at a club or something like that, I could just use the delays and reverbs in it. But if I'm doing an in-ear gig on, on a road or something like that, I can do a direct kind sure. of thing with it. Right? In fact, on page, I want to say seven of the manual there's actually a picture of hx an illustrative hx effects in a kemper effects loop <laughs> so i mean there i mean it's not it's not an all or nothing thing and, right, and, right. and it's it's something we try to, to to preach often well jeff brings up a very interesting point because on there and you can explain this i guess within this context is you can choose amp and cab mm-hmm. you can choose amp and have an independent ir or you can choose preamp right Yep. And so the preamp allows you to we'll go into the so power effects, section effects loop of, of, a, of an yeah. amp or something. Mm-hmm. And do that. So you've got all yeah. those options. You've got yeah. every option. You've got. His Kemper has, what, what is it, 600 watts? Yeah, it's a it's a digital amp, though, so I don't know what that is. It's a Class D, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's yeah. a Class D amp. So he has 600 watts, which is plenty of volume. But if he's got, you know, he could run your your setup with that IR with the speaker and stuff, you know, that's that specific impulse response and and just run that clean out of that 600 watts and it sounds amazing well it also something I, I brought up with jeff earlier is is looking at line six and maybe some of the other offerings of neutral powered speakers right is is another way to go yeah they're called frfr it's, it's a it's another it's another approach um i don't generally recommend frfr speakers to somebody used to playing through a real amp there's no real reason for it unless you're used to in-ears or studio monitors or you want to hear what the audience hears there are certainly advantages to frfr speakers but um that pant flap thing with a 4 by 12 behind your your knees it's not going to happen and that's fine that's the thing you're going to lose so there's always going to be a trade-off the the good thing is that we've designed our products to make sure that you don't have to use FRFR speakers. A lot of people think, oh, if I get a modeler, I have to get a PA speaker to run it through, and that's not the case at all. In fact, we'd prefer, if people are used to playing through an amp, hook up HXFX to a real amp. You can go straight into the power amp, or if you run four cable method, um, you can... Um, you can easily swap out your real preamp with any of the modeled preamps with a single foot switch and now, like, hey, I love my, I have a, 
a friend who used to play in a Metallica cover band, and they used to, and they have their big Laney amps that they would gig with, and they would rent Roland JC-120s for the beginning of Nothing Else Matters and one because that's what Metallica used. And like, this is so expensive and heavy and ridiculous. We, we have two extra amps, and JC-120s are heavy. Heavy. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. And, and so I just use the JC-120 model, the preamp, because the power amp for the Laney and the cabinet, is, it's going to get you there, for, certainly. And especially if you're, running, if you're running direct also to the front of house. And one switch, it's just all it's really doing is it's swapping their Laney preamp with a JC120 model, and they still get that feel of the real drivers yeah. in the real wooden cabinet, and it's it's 99% of the way there. So we're out of time. Wow. So we definitely have to do this wow. again because we're just there's just way more that we have to talk about. But give real quick information on how more information where to go online. Uh, Line6.com. Okay, and check out there. Everything's up there. You can check out. You can download the manuals to take a look and see how they work. Jeffrey, what are you doing? What's coming up? Uh, I'm playing the Big Potato this Saturday. With cool. The Loud Tizer Group. The Loud Tizer Group. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Monsters. They're great. Yes. I heard them at NAMM. What are you doing? Uh, getting the new album to uh, release uh, ready for May and touring across the nation uh, again. Incendioband.com. All the information will be there. Uh, anything recent coming up? Or, or uh, oh, we just uh, we just did the first show at the Write Off Room in Woodland Hills. That was cool. We're doing the eclectic music. It's across the street from my house. Maybe that's where it was. You saw me puttering around. Uh, we're we're uh, doing the eclectic music festival in Pasadena on April twenty eighth, and uh, coffee gallery in Pasadena in May, and then uh, back to national shows including Colorado and Wisconsin, Chicago, East Coast, everyone. JeffreyMarshallMusic.com, right? Yes, CarbeyAndDuran.com, and Andre. Anything coming up for you that you can announce? Or is it still hush hush? It's still hush hush. But AndreaLisa.com for uh-huh. her. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic guitar player. We were hearing her so, earlier. Now, anyway, she, now she's going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to play this piece of yeah. Azucar. And they're going to jam to it. That will take okay. us out. Thank you again, again, Eric. Thanks, guys. And uh, everybody, Doug, everybody here. And uh, we will see you next week. So here, let me start your song for you guys. A one and a two and a...
Thank you.